Once again, a special welcome to everyone here today. Hopefully, you all had a good weekend in Aggieland. So great to have our visitors in as well. Special welcome to one of my priest bros, Father Andrew Auer, who's coming in from the Archdiocese of St. Louis in Missouri. So he's been having an awesome Aggie weekend as well. Good to have you here, Father Andrew, Deacon Glenn as well, and Father Chris. Great to be here with you all this morning. All right, so to start off, I got a little story for you, Ags. So after that game last night, old Rock's pretty tired, you know? So he needs some R&R, so he decided to drive up to the foothills of Arkansas. So when he was in Arkansas, he was uh, realizing, you know, I'm going to find a little pond somewhere up there in those foothills. And so he did. And as he was driving, as he was driving, he looked over on the side of the road and he saw Father John standing there with a sign that said, the end is near. He said, well, I'm a believer. I should help Father John out in his street evangelization. So he pulls over his car, he gets out, and he gets a poster of his own. And he writes on that poster, turn around, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> so then uh, after about an hour of doing that street evangelization and talking to each other, there's a car that's coming around the corner, and it has a razor back inside of it. And that Razorback sees these signs and he says, who do these guys think they are judging my life and judging who I am? Because he was not living a life for Christ. So he threw a couple of choice words out the window, honked his horn at Father John and Old Rock, and he sped down the road around the corner. And Old Rock, he said, I'm, so I'm sorry, Father John, for those words that that ugly Razorback told you. They weren't meant to hurt your feelings. Before he could continue his words, there's a gigantic splash. And uh, Father John leaned over to Old Rock and said, maybe we should change our signs to say the bridge is closed. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do to him, Ags. Ever living, ever loving, compound, complex, fighting Texas Aggie matching collection weekend, fighting Texas Aggie new church, fighting Texas Aggie football team, Fighting Texas Aggie Jesus Christ in his gospel. So speaking of, let's get to the better story today. <laughs> All right, so uh, getting to the meat of today, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we came here for. So if you want to follow along, we got uh, chapter 15. So Luke's gospel, uh, wrong actually, chapter 16. So chapter 16, verse 1, and we'll go um, all the way until... Let's see, verse 13 today. All right, so as we start off, you might be thinking, all right, this parable, maybe you've heard it before, it's always a little confusing. What is Jesus trying to share with us today? What is this truth that he's trying to help us to grow in as his disciples? So first off, we hear about the dishonored steward. So a rich man had a steward who is reported to him for squandering his property. You know, what is a steward? Maybe some of you have stewards. You know, uh, wealthy people even today have stewards, people who are in charge of their money, their estate, help care for their finances. So that's who we're working with today, a steward and a rich man. So we hear that this steward, he's dishonest. So he's squandered the property. He's lost money for this uh, rich man. So he's getting fired, basically. And so knowing that he is going to be losing his job, his livelihood, he starts making these promissory notes. He starts asking people, what do you owe my master? I'm going to give you a discount in order to uh, make sure that he gets in good with these people so he has a backup. You know, I thought it sounded a little bit like Washington to me, but uh, it looks like it's not that happening right now. So, uh, so anyways, it looks like uh, right is happening is that he's 
saying, like, I'm not strong enough to work or dig, I'm, I'm too ashamed to beg, and, you know, I'm going to be removed from this position, so I want to be welcomed to these people's homes. And so what he's doing, the, actually, the master says is good. You know, he's saying that it's prudent of what this guy is doing to him. You know, what is prudence? That's a good question as well. Prudence is one of the cardinal virtues, one of those vir cardinal virtues that all the other virtues flow from. And prudence is to make good judgment. So to look at a scenario and then to say, I'm going to make a right judgment here. I'm going to make, make the situation into a right order. And so what this master is seeing this uh, dishonest steward doing is he's comparing them to the children of the world who are more prudent than in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. So what's going on here? You know, what he's seeing, what this master is seeing, what God is trying to teach us as he's teaching his disciples, Jesus, you know, he's seeing that these people of the world are caring for their lives. They're planning to make sure that they're going to be able to eat. They're going to be able to care for their families. You know, they're preparing, they're planning. But then he sees the children of light, his own disciples, and maybe some of us who aren't looking into eternity, who are only living for the here and the now and forgetting about that we were made for something greater, that this life will pass with a snap of a finger, that we are dust to the dust we shall return. And so the Lord is helping us to see what these people are doing, the children of the word, are good, and we can learn from them. Good in the sense of preparing ourselves, our souls, for eternal life. So one of, we continue on with our gospel today, and right after the parable, you know, we see that no one can serve two masters. What are the masters in our life today? You know, the master, this word for Lord, actually. So kyrie, kyrios is the word for master and also the one for Lord. So we might be thinking, you know, we come here on a Sunday, of course, we're worshiping our God. He is Lord. But what could be some of those other masters in our life? Is it a master of social media? Is it the master of comfort or money? Is it the master of ourselves? You know, what are the things in our lives that maybe we're putting in front of the Lord or putting a little bit too much focus on that we're serving a different master? I think to answer that question, we can look at where are we putting our time? Where are we spending our money? And then what are our priorities in life? And whenever we see where we're doing those things, where we're putting our words to action, then that's what's going to tell us who is the master, who is the true master in our lives, who are we worshiping. So if we continue on, we hear about, sorry, I'm getting lost here, y'all, I'm getting lost, here we go. So if therefore you're not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you're not trustworthy with things that belong to another, who will give what is yours? Once again, no servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You know, what is mammon? You can't serve both God and mammon. Mammon is money. You know, we cannot serve both God and money. And Jesus knows he becomes fully God, he becomes, he's fully God and fully man. So he takes on our human nature in all ways except sin. So therefore, you know, he, he understands the human heart. He knows it's so hard for us to not allow our possessions, to allow the wealth of our world to be, it's so easy for all of that to come in front of the Lord. And he knows that. So he's warning us to make sure we have rightly ordered our money and our possessions, that we don't worship our money. 
You know, recently I was talking about this scripture with one of our students. I'll just call him Joe. Uh, so Joe's going through a huge transformation in his life, a huge conversion. He's actually going to be baptized this November, coming into the church fully, which is an awesome gift. So Joe and I were talking about this scripture, and he was just saying, Father, like, this is so true in my life right now. You know, as I'm coming to the faith as a, as a brand new Christian, a brand new Catholic, like, I see the pool of the world. You know, he's studying computer science. And so he says, when I leave A&M, like, I could get an awesome job that's paying 150 grand right out of college. And, and he said, that's not bad necessarily. We need people who have money who can help fund this ministry, who can help pay for the church. But he also sees how the, the evil one's luring him to try to worship having success as the world sees success. You know, that he's being pressured to see, all right, to have happiness, I need to have things. I need to have a lot of wealth. I need to do whatever gives me pleasure. And he says, Father, that's so contrary to the gospel. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, success, according to Jesus, is a life of holiness, is a saintly life. And a saintly life, as Jesus tells us, is one who gives away earthly possessions and instead gathers spiritual wealth, wealth that's going to lead from this life into the next. And so it was really awesome to hear one of our students, Joe, just talking about how just he's wrestling with what is the world's view of success and what is Christ's view of success. You know, he says, I can have all these worthy rewards, but I know that my heart is longing for heaven. I know my heart is longing for the Lord. And the beautiful thing is this guy's not even baptized yet, so I can't wait to see after his baptism where the divine life is in him and the way the Lord just is going to encourage him to go and proclaim the gospel to the world. And Joe's just one example of many students here, many who are sitting in these pews, who just witness to me and to our staff, and I know to many of you every single day, and give us so much hope for our church and for our world. You know, the past couple weeks I've gotten to go to a couple guys' backyards and just sit around a campfire and camp chairs and smoking a cigar and just hearing them talking about their life dreams and their desires, and they want to be good Catholic men to support awesome families, some even going to be applying to seminary to be priests. And it's just so inspiring and encouraging to hear these guys who want to be different, who want to go contrary to the status quo of the world, who want to be able to live a flourishing life for Christ and to be that witness. And I think at St. Mary's we have so many of those examples. And this campus ministry does do a good job, right? We've seen the numbers. You hear the statistics. There's more Catholics here at a and than there are at Notre Dame. You know that last year we had eight students go into seminary or religious life. We have over 450 freshmen only in our John 15 program. We're building this new church because we can't fit everyone in here. There's 400 more people in the John Paul II Center because we can't fit in this church. There's a lot of good the Lord is doing here to be able to convert hearts more to him and away from the false pleasures of the world. But what about the other 10,000 Catholics on campus who are not coming into these walls on a Sunday? And even more so, what about the 60,000 souls who are on campus, many who do not know Jesus Christ? Yeah, St. Mary's, we're doing well, but there's a lot more that we can be doing. And the Lord wants to do more through our individual hearts. He wants us to open our hearts to him, especially our students, so that we can be more transformed and converted, so then we can go out onto that campus and proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, that more souls may know his love and his mercy. Because y'all know, like I know, that there is a war going on, a battle for our souls. You know, a, a battle for our culture, the soul of our culture, of our nation. Yes, Jesus has won the victory, we know that. 
But we also know there's the daily battle, the daily battle where the, all these masters in our lives are trying to take over from the true and the one master who is the, our creator, our Lord, and our savior. So my hope is, is also through this matching collection weekend, through the awesome events coming up, like the Eucharistic procession, Father Mike Schmidt's coming to speak to our students, that the, the new church that's going to allow more space for our students to come in, you know, the Holy Spirit is stirring, and we want to open our hearts to allow him to stir more. That St. Mary's, which is already a light for this community, for this nation, and for this world, can shine even brighter. So I encourage you to stretch yourself a little bit today, both in faith and looking at your own conversion, because that's where it starts, but then also stretching your giving a little bit so that we can be able to provide even more for our students and make this place even greater than it already is. You know, God asks us today and asks us every single day of our lives, you know, today, who will you serve? Whom will you serve? There's a lot of masters out there. Whom will you serve? And my hope is that you can respond when Jesus comes again or when you die. And actually not even then, like now that you can respond with Joshua in the Old Testament as he says, you know, me and my household we will serve the Lord. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig em.